So, anyways, tonight we're going through Matthew. Speaking of uh, not propaganda, definitely not. So we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. This is our third lesson through the Sermon on the Mount. First week was the Beatitude. Second week was Salt and Light. This week we're talking about the Old Testament. And then next week we're going to have someone else that isn't me talking to you guys about the next portion of the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> wow. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be Miles. Oh, really? Miss me! What? Anger? It's the next one. Yeah, 21 to 26. So, um, <laughs> we talked about it, I thought, uh, anyways, but today we're talking about the old Testament. So in, if you want to, we're actually going to burn into it cause we got a lot of stuff to go through, but in Matthew five seventeen to 20, it says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So there is a function that this section is playing in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is essentially dealing with the fact that people in this crowd are going to be trying to earn their way into heaven. And he's saying, you think you're so righteous? Unless you are more righteous than the most righteous people you have ever seen, you're still not good enough. So this ties into the overall flow, um, but we're not going to address that tonight. Tonight, what we're talking about is the fact that the Old Testament is important. When Jesus talks about the Old Testament, he isn't saying, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm doing away with that. No, no, no. He says it's extremely important. And so the thing that we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about how do you, as a Christian, interact with the Old Testament? Because the thing is, personally, I am an Old Testament guy, man. The top five books of the Bible that I've studied are Genesis, Ecclesiastes, Habakkuk, um, Proverbs, and Song of Solomon. All of those, by the way, are Old Testament books. And so the Old Testament is really important. It's really valuable. But as Christians, we don't have the same relationship with the Old Testament that Jews did. And the reason that this is important is because you guys as Christians are going to read the Old Testament. There's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament and you're going to need to figure out what to do with it without my help necessarily. So you're going to need to be able to read the Old Testament and understand it on your own. And so tonight, what we're going to talk about is interpreting the Old Testament. I'm going to go over briefly how to interpret the Old Testament, and then I've given you a handout with four passages. And we're going to go through four passages tonight where we essentially practice interpreting the Old Testament. So, first thing that we need to know about the Old Testament is that we are not under the law anymore. So we do not have to obey the letter of the Old Testament law anymore. In Galatians 3, 25 and 20, sorry, 23 to 25, it says, Before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming of faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian, like a tutor, until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So the Old Testament law is kind of like a guardian that you had, a tutor that you had for a time until Jesus came. But now that Jesus came, we're not under it the same way that we used to be. It's kind of like when you turn 18 and you move out of your parents' house, your parents don't have the same authority over you that they did back then, right? It's like there's still a relationship there. They're still your parents, but they're not your kings anymore kind of thing. 
So the New Testament talks about the fact that the Old Testament law is still important, though. You don't have to obey it letter for letter, but it still matters. In 1 Corinthians 10, it deals with that, where it gives examples from the Old Testament. It talks about how you're supposed to be learning from them. And in 6 through 8, it says, Now these things, referring to something we talked about previously, took place as an example for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it was written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. So one of the things that you see when you read the Old Testament is you learn about the character of God. You see how God feels about sin. You see how God interacts with nations. You see how God interacts with people. And you're supposed to be reading the Old Testament and learning about God because God doesn't change. So additionally... The Old Testament actually also gives us moral instruction. In 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16, it says, But he who called you is holy, so you also must be holy in your conduct. Since it was written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. He just quoted Leviticus. So it's a really weird thing, where it's like, on one hand, we aren't bound by the Old Testament law anymore. We don't keep the Sabbath. We don't keep the food laws. There's all kinds of things that we see in the Bible we don't have to do anymore, and yet... The Bible is still, the Old Testament still is considered extremely valuable by the New Testament, and we get moral instruction that we're supposed to follow from the Old Testament. So how are we supposed to navigate this? On one hand, we don't have to obey it. On the other hand, we kind of do. Like, what? And so the thing that we see is in James chapter 1, 17, it says, Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So one of the things that matters is this. God does not change. The same God that was God in the Old Testament is the same God that's God now. So you read the Old Testament, you learn about who he is, and morality hasn't changed. God's standards haven't changed. And so when you read the Old Testament, what is important is that the letter of the law doesn't apply anymore. So the specific instructions, the specific way that those principles work themselves out, don't change. Yes? So how do we determine what the problem is? That is exactly what we're going to go over. So the letter of the law doesn't change. The letter, sorry, the letter of the law has passed away. The letter of the law doesn't apply anymore. But the spirit of the law does. So the things that were true in the Old Testament, the moral things that were true in the Old Testament are still true now. And the Old Testament law was specific outflows of those principles. But God is still the same God. Morality is still the same morality. So when you read the Old Testament... You're supposed to be understanding, okay, what do I learn about God from this passage, and how does that apply to my behavior now? So with the Old Testament, it's a little bit weird. There's an extra step that you have to take, but that's the core of it. With the Old Testament, the letter is not alive, but the spirit is. And so we're going to go into it now, and that's the end of the stuff that I need to record. But we're going to go through four passages, and I'm going to work through interpretation with you, and we're going to do it, and we're going to practice.